We've all heard the expression, you are what you eat. So that doesn't mean um, if we eat a burger, we are a burger. What that means is um, the things that we consume physically have an effect. And, and those things could be negative or positive or some mixture of that. But the Bible uh, tells us that um, you are what you think as well. Today's sermon title is, As a Man Thinks, So He Is. The question is, what, what is it that you think about? What occupies your mind? And that's an important question because you are today where your thoughts have brought you. Wherever you are today is because your thoughts have brought you there. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts bring you. So, so what you are thinking and, and how you process those things, they take you places. Um, to, to, to make it plain, there's circumstances that we are in, and a lot of that is because of the way we think, how we process things. Another way of saying it is um, thought is apparent to deeds. The deeds are, are the children of, of our thoughts, right? We think something, and then at some point, it becomes um, action, and it becomes a, a way of of living, uh, habits, and a lifestyle. So if you don't mind, we're going to be today in Matthew chapter 9. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, and I'm reading out of the CSB, and we're going to read this verse, the first eight verses. So Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 1. If you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And it reads this way. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town, he meaning Jesus. Just then, some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the scribes said to themselves, he's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, why are you thinking evil things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he told the paralytic, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. So he got up and went home. When the crowds saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God who had given such authority to men. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power that is in your word. We recognize that 
we are saved through the power of your word. And as we have received the Holy Spirit, Lord, our thoughts and our actions are submitted to your word, and we can be obedient. We were once slaves to sin. Now we're slaves to righteousness because of your word and the indwelling Holy Spirit that we have. So we ask that you would bless us this day, that we would walk out of here changed, that we always come into your house with an expectation that you're going to do a work in us, that we're going to know you better. So would you do that this day, O oh God? In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When, uh, when I was a kid, uh, and we all kind of played games where we wanted um, to be uh, superheroes or have some kind of superpower. And some people wanted to fly and some people wanted to be really strong. Um, oddly enough, I always thought the superpower I would want to possess is to be able to read people's minds. In retrospect, that would have been the worst superpower that I could have ever had. Even reading this text and thinking about God, Jesus, being able to perceive thoughts that people were thinking. Well, he's more than capable to handle whatever thoughts people are thinking. I am far too fragile to know what you're thinking all the time and to not crumble and fall apart. Because even people that love you have thoughts about you that run through their minds that would be hurtful or displeasing to you. There's, there's at least five people sitting here right now saying, I wish this guy would shut up. Good thing that I don't know that, right? I'm just like guessing, and, and hopefully that's really not true. But one of the things that um, we see in this text is there are either five groups of people or individuals that we're going to study, and we're going to look at their thoughts or at least how um, and how their thoughts correspond to their actions, like our thoughts correspond to our actions, or how the circumstances that was around this text had revealed who they were or shaped their thinking. The, the first set of people that we see here are the friends that carried this guy in on a stretcher. It, it, it says in the text that, that Jesus had, had come, and he had come here, and this was his hometown. So people knew who Jesus was. And at some point, they thought, if we could just get our friend to Jesus. And, and they took uh, great um, means to be able to do that. They had to physically carry him 
to Jesus. They didn't have um, a pickup truck to lay him in the back of. They all had to grab uh, part of that bed and, and escort him to Jesus. Why, why would they do that? What would be their thoughts? What would be going on in their minds? Uh, they had to be motivated first by love. Their thoughts of that individual and his condition, they recognize Jesus could do something about this. We, we love this person, so we want to take this person to Jesus. They had to have a certain level of faith that Jesus could and would do what their request was. And they had to have a hope that um, when they got there, they would have access to Jesus. It says, so he got into a boat, crossed over, came to his own town. Just then, some men brought him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. The, the second person we interacted with in this text is the man himself, right? Sometimes we want to help someone but they don't want our help. Or they want help in a very specific way. But in this instance, he was obviously grateful to his friends because he could not get to Jesus on his own. Um, and he was also hopeful that when he got to Jesus, his condition could change. The third person that we see in this is Jesus himself. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Strange because they were going there for physical healing, but Jesus dealt with what was most important first. And, and, and we deal with that in our own lives, and our own thoughts. If we just had more money, um, if we just felt this way, if this situation would just change, but, but actually there are underlying things that are so much more important. If he would have healed that man and he would have been able to walk and did not deal with that man's soul, what value would that be eternally? But Jesus, being who he is, dealt with the most important issue first and said to him, have courage. Then we see the scribes. The text says, at this, when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, some of the scribes said to themselves, he's blaspheming. And, and in other words, only God can forgive sins. Who is this guy to tell this man his sins are forgiven? Again, Jesus was already known. That is why they came with the stretcher bringing this man to Jesus. So it's not as if these scribes were just hanging out and they just happened to come across this situation. No, they put themselves in a situation to continually watch Jesus to see what he was doing. And they said, mm-hmm, he's acting like he's God. Their thinking was clouded. 
They, they knew who he was. They heard of his claims. They uh, were uh, acquainted with some of the miracles that were, they were saying about them. And we know this, that false thinking will always bring wrong conduct. That, that's why we're speaking about our thought life today. False thinking will always bring wrong conduct. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that raises, raised up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. We have to be very, very careful in our thought life. There's a quote here that says, you must control evil thoughts in the first instant or they will control you in the second. Right? So, so we have an opportunity when thoughts come into our mind to make them subjected to Christ. And if we don't, we end up having a problem. And when we even think about our thought life, our thought life that is sinful. It usually falls into two categories. Category number one is against others, right? One of the things that happens is every single situation that we deal with, every person, every circumstance, we, we kind of analyze that, which we should. We have to. But our bent is usually whenever anything doesn't actually fit the criteria that we think it should fit, automatically a negative thought comes in about an individual. I don't care who that individual is. Maybe the people we're around the most, because we're around them so often, uh, they just have to do a very small thing. And we don't have, like, grace and mercy for that. And, and our thought life is continually kind of tearing people down or, or having a, a negative connotation to it. The, the second sinful way that our thought life works is very much tied into the desires of our flesh right? Uh, our fantasizing about certain things or wanting to act out uh, in certain ways, our uh, arguments that we have to justify uh, the things that we're struggling with and, and how we would want um, to live things out, that all starts in, in, in the mind, right? So whether it be with, with people and the way we view them and, and what we do to them in our minds, or how we satisfy or would like to satisfy our flesh and what we go through in that process. Consider how careful we would be if our thoughts were written on our forehead. <laughs> Could you imagine would not be able to maintain one relationship. How ashamed we would be if um, 
if men and women could see our thoughts, every filthy thought, every covetous thought, every proud thought, every ambitious thought, every unloving thought, every malicious thought that we have. Like, that would be rough. It's just going across the screen, and some of you guys got big foreheads, so it would be like in bold letters. We all be wearing bangs. <laughs> got to cover this up. Although we can't see each other's thoughts, recognize that God sees it all. This is kind of harsh, but this is what it says in Psalms 94, starting at verse 8. Pay attention, you stupid people. Fools, when will you be wise? Can the one who shaped the ear not hear? The one who formed the eye not see? The one who instructs nations, the one who teaches mankind knowledge, does he not discipline? The Lord knows the thoughts of mankind, and they are futile. Jesus told that paralytic, have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. And then it says, at this time, some of the scribes and said to themselves, he's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? They were so consumed with not leaving their position, not losing who they were, their influence, their position. They were actually in competition with God. And it was so self-consuming that they didn't even care about the condition of that man laying in the stretcher. They were blinded by their own desires. Read a quote, it says, do not think that what your thoughts dwell upon is no matter. Your thoughts are making you. Consider um, what a great deal of sin is in the thoughts of man. Consider how dangerous that is to your soul. Look at how those men were thinking. I don't care what I see you do, you're not God. And because I'm so blinded about what I desire and holding my position, which we often do, I don't even care what's going on over there. We have to put a stop to what you're doing. That was going to affect their souls. 
Victory begins by avoiding the object from which the evil thoughts proceed. In, in, in other words, if I have struggled with drinking, why would I be in a bar? If I'm on a diet, why am I at a buffet? And buffets are crazy, right? Because you mix combinations that you would never eat at the same time. Like, like if you are preparing a meal, you make sure that everything kind of is consistent. So certain foods don't go with other foods, but you go to a buffet, you just lose your mind. <laughs> You're eating fried rice with french fries. And... But just think about that and turn it into the spiritual aspect and how if we're putting ourselves in temptation, how we lose our mind. What we have to make sure is that we keep a sufficient distance from the things, those objects that tempt us because they will fuel evil thoughts. Just consider how our thoughts are related to our actions and our deeds and how quickly it goes from being up here to being done. Jesus said to them, why are you having, why are you thinking these evil thoughts? Those same scribes and Pharisees would soon look to turn that into action. We're going to take his life. We're going to take his life, and they set up this elaborate mock trial. They set up a, 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 a unfair situation to, to do that because that was what was in their heart. What we have to keep our conscience tender. If our conscience isn't tender, if we're not aware of like the smallest sin, if we don't have a fear for even our thought life, we have a problem because a lack of fear of what we ponder and what we meditate on ends up searing our conscience. And I don't know if you ever really burned yourself before. When you touch something, you lose a sensation of touching anything. A seared conscience means these things could come in and it doesn't even bother me anymore. That that's, that's a problem. We have to cast out these sinful thoughts. And we can't allow them to start hanging out 
Because sinful thoughts end up going to the heart. It's easier to cast them out in the beginning. Because if we don't, and it starts making way to the heart, what it does is starts rooting itself. It, it, it starts rooting itself. I don't know if you ever tried to pull out something that has been established for a long time. It, it's, it's impossible almost, especially around here. You know, once in a while, my wife gets an idea, we're going to move this bush to over here. If she does it after one season, I might be able to do it. If it have been sitting there five years and keeps growing down into the ground, that, that thing's not coming out. Not, now that thing has to be killed. Just, just get another one. It's the same thing in our hearts. We, we can't afford to allow things to go there and to stay there. It's so much easier for us to do it in the beginning. Jesus said, for which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he told the paralytic, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. So he got up, and he went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God who had given such authority to men. Jesus forgave his sins and healed him, and the crowd was awestruck. It, it, it had a, an effect on, on their lives. One of the things that's real clear to see from the people that brought the man who had an issue to that man to the scribes, to the crowds, when it came to Jesus, it was real apparent. For our thoughts are not your thoughts. My, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. How is it that we come to a place where, where we learn to, to think right? How is it, and what do we do to come to a place where we think like Christ? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, for who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him, but we, you believer, but we have the mind of Christ. It tells us in Romans 12, starting at verse 1, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ, and we have the ability 
to think and act right. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 13, Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance when you didn't know better. But as the one who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So we have the ability. We have everything we need by the washing of God's word, by the indwelling spirit to guard our minds and our hearts. And it is so important that we do that because it leads to all of these other things. We see in this scenario with these groups of people, each one having thoughts, each one being affected by the things around them and it turning into action, it turning into um, attitudes, it's turning into ways of living. And each and every one of us are in that same position. So as we, as we ponder this, and, and we've, especially those that have been walking with the Lord for some time and feel that we are living a victorious life, as soon as we start turning inward and say, well, what about your thoughts? When, when, I, when I said that, every, everyone's face was like, Oh, yeah. What about that part? So, so what do we do? What, what, is, what is our prayer? Our prayer is, is Psalm 139.23, Search me, God. You know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in everlasting, the everlasting way. That, that, that's our prayer. God, clean me. Uh, change my thoughts. Uh, help me to not put myself in the position where my thoughts become polluted by what I'm taking in, by what I'm seeing, by what I'm hearing, what I'm subjecting myself to. It matters. And it not only matters that we make sure that we keep those things out, it also matters what we're taking in, what we're feeding on. And each and every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, know, yeah, I, I need to, I need to, make some changes. You know, I, I used to have a lot of issues with, like, anger. And, and I wouldn't, like, outwardly always demonstrate those things. I've, I've learned a certain level of self-control. But what's going on in my mind sometimes, kind of crazy stuff that people say and do, you're like, are you, did you just, do you? We'll leave it there. Well, we've all 
We've all um, dealt with that. We've all seen that. And, and for all of us, it's, 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 different, it's different things. I, I remember as um, I started to be in leadership in church and recognizing that sometimes when I speak to people, I'm just like, Frank, I just say it. And I started thinking like, you know, I, I really need to soften that up. And God really impressed on my heart. You, you can't speak better to people until you start to think better of people. Like, there would be no way I would be able to be consistent in speaking to people nicely the way you would think a pastor should. Because, you know, certain people you hold to a higher, higher criteria. You could come out your mouth and say anything, but the way, the way church leadership better handle it is like, take it in the face again. <laughs> it's when we start to recognize and value um, people. It's when we start to recognize who God really is. It's, it's when we start to, to realize that Every thought is right there before the Lord. And, and I'm going to have to give an account for those things um, one day. So um, you can come up, worship team. I think um, what we want to do is uh, spend a little time just... Um, just praying about this because each and every one of us um, have a battle going on inwardly. Um, each and every one of us have all kinds of thoughts that we need to continually lay before God. So many of us have strongholds that are, are in the mind. Some of those things have produced actions and, and habits that we aren't pleased with. That, that if others saw them, we would be ashamed. But even recognizing they're right before you, God. There. This is where I am. Help me. Everyone else doesn't know, but you know, God. We're going to ask um, if, uh, is that you? Would you, would you stand? And, and, and I want to pray for you. And then we're going to ask the, the leadership to come up. And, and we want to lay hands on you. We want to pray with you. Um, this was challenging for me um, because I recognize, God, you have to do a continually, continual work in my mind because I don't want these things rooted down in my heart. How do we address the things that are already there? Become clean. Become clean. We confess our sins to one another. We ask God to search us. 
we ask God, uh, whatever offensive way is in me, take it away, Lord. So if that's you this morning, would you stand? Let me pray, and then we're going to ask the leadership to come up and, and lay hands. Father, we, we thank you that your word truly does cleanse us, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you are holy, that you are perfect, Lord, and you've called us to be holy, Lord. So it's not only about our, what's going on outwardly, Lord, what looks good to people, Lord. But it's about our hearts. We want to continue to approach you, Lord, with a pure heart, with clean hands, O oh God. There's, there's no way that our hearts are clean unless we're continually coming to you, Lord, saying, clean me. Help me, Lord. Don't let me allow those thoughts to enter and, and fester there, Lord. We know that the enemy tries to attack our minds to root things in our hearts. We know that the world tries to influence our minds so things would be rooted in our heart. And our own flesh, Lord, tries to rise up in its selfish ways and desires and thoughts. We want those things to be rooted out, oh God. So we lay this before you. We thank you, Lord, knowing that we're a work in progress, knowing that the victory is won in you, knowing that you've come in for a church without spot or wrinkle, Lord. We also thank you, O oh God, that we don't have a report card. We have a relationship with you, Lord. And as our Father, we are to come to you with all things because we're bare, naked before you, O oh God. You know all things. Help us to stay, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to ask the leadership to come up. and If you want prayer um, in that area or for something else, would you please form a line in the middle and they will, uh, they will pray with you. They will pray for you.